0: How can you be part of a religious community that straight up Sometimes signs it feels or like the church is trying to hold. The church seems to be stuck no in their ways is. when the rest of the is Why are they so obsessed they with? People? keep trying to give answers do the I would never be a part of that's that not welcoming The political voice against immigration. Some churches still the one believe claim I worship lead. with actual. Do you understand how stupid that is the of people. The church I seems to be stuck to in their ways when the rest of the like, culture is missing. It seems good like so news. much of the church Explosive, is more concerned with being a good American. Anticritical thinking, thinking a good homophobic, too narrow, judgmental, disconnected from what is truly happening in the real world. <sighs> the church needs therapy. Welcome to the newest episode of The Church Needs Therapy, which is also the first episode of The Church Needs Therapy in 2022. This is the first episode of the year. So this is, if you look at the numbers of the years, the third year I'm doing the podcast actually started in the middle or in August, I think, of 2020. So it hasn't actually been two full years, but 2020, all of 2021, and now starting 2022. And... Just like the first year that I did this, you I think about the first or second week of December, even last year as well, after the first six months of the podcast, I took about a month or four weeks off. And it wasn't a, an exact thing I planned. It just happened where the end of the year, there was four to five weeks where I just didn't do the podcast. I allowed myself the time to take a break and in the midst of the other things I'm doing outside of the podcast and this year happened again like that. You know, not only did I take a break from the podcast to end the year, but I took a break in some ways from Instagram. I wasn't really posting for the last four to five weeks. I was Posting on my stories, like I was traveling in California, then I was in New York, so I was kind of sharing stuff on my stories, but I wasn't keeping up with the normal grid that I do of, you know, here's my podcast episode, here's a quote from the book, then here's a random photo. And, you know, I thought about this before I started recording today. You know how there's that phrase people say where they'll write something on Instagram or say, you know, normalize you know, staying out of other people's business or normalize not feeling the need to comment on every single piece of news in the last 24-hour news cycle, right? It's like normalize. If people say normalize and then they tell you what you don't always have to do or something they don't like, right? And, you know, even for me not doing the podcast for a month or me not posting on Instagram for a month, here's what I would say to that normalize taking breaks from media without having to make a big announcement, right? You know, there's... How many of you have ever seen those farewell Instagram posts? Like, and it's this, you know, germa- they're kind of funny, you know, but they're not intended to be funny, but I actually think they are funny, but they're these very serious and dramatic, you know, farewell Instagram I love this, and I love seeing people grow the kids grow up, or I love seeing my friends this, but you know it's because of this, I just need to step away for four months, and then the the cynical people who, who read that think to themselves yeah i'll see I'll see you back on here in five days, but I say that because it's okay to just not do things sometimes and also not feel the need to announce it or make it into a thing. You know, I just didn't post for a month or didn't do my podcast for around the holidays. And you know what happens is you just pick up and you keep going. So yeah, for those of you who tune in weekly, and for those of you who are connected, I didn't do this for, I don't know, four to five weeks. So I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that you'll still be tuned in, normalized, taking breaks from things without making it into a big thing. Um, in 2022, I have a few things. I I have a great guest that'll be coming on next week that I'm really excited about. But this first one, I'm going to do just a little something for the new year. So I'm going to tell this story of Jesus calling the disciples. I want to talk about how powerful words are and what it means to choose a word for the year, which is a practice my wife and I have done for a long time. So in Mark 1, 16 through 18, the gospel writer writes, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So he calls them and the gospel writer writes at once they left their nets behind or they left their nets and followed him. You see here's here's a thing to understand. This is not just leaving behind fishing. Fishing has more than likely been their family's trade for generations. It's heritage, it's legacy, it's identity, it's history. It's what they're expected to do. It's what everyone assumed they would do. It's economics. It's family. It's, it's everything. Fishing is all they have probably ever known. Fishing is all they have probably ever done. Fishing, in some ways, is almost who they probably were. So leaving their nets behind is leaving behind comfort it's leaving behind security. It's leaving behind familiarity. It's leaving behind everything they believe has kept them safe that they're going to open themselves up for the first time to the fact that they may not actually need in order to be okay. So really leaving behind, every, leaving behind dropping their nets is leaving behind everything that is not necessary for their journey when there's something new on the horizon. This is why I would say this, there are things in your past you need to leave in order to be open to the future God has for you to receive. Do you know why that's so important? Just that simple idea of there's things you have to leave behind in order to embrace or be embraced by this new future is because human beings are really good about getting excited about new things and really bad about letting go of old things. Is that true for you to some degree? You can get really excited about new things, but when it comes to letting go of the old things, that might be a little harder. there's this great Zen story where there's this monk and then this, you know, the student who were walking together in the mountains and they were walking this trail. And it was that real classic, you know, sort of discipling teacher-student relationship. And while they were walking, they approached this stream. It was like a wide, not a river, but just this wide stream that you'd have to get knee deep in the water to cross And when they got there, they saw an older woman who was stuck on one side, and they could tell that she wanted to cross, but she didn't want to get wet, or she was too fragile, and she was scared. And so the older monk, without saying a word, without making a big deal of it, just comes, says something quiet to her, picks her up, carries her across the wide stream, places her down on the other side. Bows to her and then just keeps walking, right? Not that big of a deal. But for the next 20 minutes, while the monk and the student walk in silence together, the student is having this internal battle and struggle within himself. And what he's wrestling with and what he's frustrated by is within the vows that they have taken as monks they swore when they first began that they would never actually touch a woman. So part of their vows of becoming monks in this particular order was that they were never allowed to touch a woman. So when this young student who admires and looks up to and sees this monk as an example that he wants to follow and embody and become, break one of the vows the young student is trying to come to terms with it frustrated with it and struggling with it and after 20 minutes of this internal kind of debate he finally just blurts out loud and says how could you do that how could you pick that woman up and then on, and take her to the other side of the stream knowing that we've taken vows to never touch a woman And the older monk in his wisdom and compassion and his patience without, without any reactionary oppositional energy, without any frustration, without any of that sort of like energy you have when you're offended by somebody, he just looks at the young student and he just calmly says, he says, son, I put her down on the other side of the water a long time ago. Why are you still carrying her? There are things you've carried through 2021 that you don't have to carry anymore. And one of the most amazing and empowering discoveries about being human and following Jesus is that so much of the weight we carry, we actually have the power to let go of. And the Spirit has the power to receive. Right. It is important for you to know that because you, we're always just getting started. Right? You're just we're just getting started. There's always more joy to be had. There's always more friendships to be made. There's always more connections to establish. More creativity to give. More to learn. There's more love to be a part of. There's so much of our life ahead and learning how to let go. Learning how to not carrying the old things into the new things, that is what frees us up and creates the inner spaciousness within to embrace and be embraced by the newness, the unfolding life of the Spirit has for us in this world. I love that line from the monk. Son, I put her down on the other side of the water a long time ago. Why are you still carrying her? What are you carrying into 2022 that you actually... If you really sit with it, have the power to let go of. Always important we move into new things to see if there's anything we are holding on to that is getting in the way of what we want. Here's a a second thing and a a practical thing and a practice that many people do. and My wife and I have done for a long time, and it's this idea of choosing a word for the year. Right, first of all, words are powerful. Right, there's those moments when someone says exactly what you needed to hear. Like you knew there was more. You knew that what you had been taught wasn't the last word on the matter. You had a sense that you were missing something. And then you heard someone say it. Like they named it, they called it out, they described it, they insisted it was possible, they insisted you were more powerful, they gave language to something, and it just hit you. Or maybe there's sometimes where you're in a bad, overwhelmed, hurt place, filled with despair, in a place of doubt, wondering if there's any way forward, and then someone said something that changed everything. Right? It inspired you, it moved you, it spurred you on to action, it gave you the hope that there was a way forward, it gave you the clarity you needed. Words are powerful. Words can begin to live inside you and shape you, and words have the power to change everything. This is why the great Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel says that words create worlds, as if the spoken word has the power to open up a new world and a new horizon of possibilities right in front of you that you can actually live into in a way that actually creates a different future. Like, I think about my son just turned three in November. And one of the things he loves to say right now is, I did it. Right? Those are powerful words. I did it. And when he, when he does something new, whether it's buttoning his own jacket or, I don't know, climbing up something or figuring something out, he he he'll just say with the like most proud energy, you know, I did it and he means it. And those words are powerful because within that phrase, I did it, it's him proclaiming like, I'm growing, I'm getting it, I'm, I'm, I'm getting bigger. I'm getting smarter. I'm getting stronger. He's like, I can feel this new thing happening to me. Those words are so powerful right now. when he says, I did it, right? Words matter so much. And, you know, another thing is the Hebrew word for word is this word, (laughs) the Hebrew word for word is this word devar. And this word, D A V V A R, it's pronounced Devar like Lamar, like like Lamar Odom used to be on the Lakers, which is funny because I remember two or three years ago, I was right before COVID, my wife and I and a couple of our friends went to a Lakers game and my wife's just, so, we have great seats. I don't know, like 10, 10 rows back from the floor. My wife's so excited. LeBron, the bench is right there. And Christina gets so excited. But instead of saying LeBron, which we're huge Lakers fans, she would say Lamar. <laughs> Lamar! Lamar, who used to be a Laker a long time ago with Kobe. And she would say Lamar. And I love her to death. And, but I was like, babe, you just, you got to stop that. right now. it's not, it's not Lamar. It's LeBron. <laughs> so the Hebrew word Devar, like Lamar. But you know the, the this word in Hebrew is used fourteen hundred like around fourteen hundred times in the Bible. You know God speaks, God devours, and things happen, and the word for word is also the word for thing, and and the power something has when it's written or spoken or heard and seen and experienced. And I remember first hearing Rob Bell talk about this a long time ago, and it stayed with me where he was talking about how, in the Hebrew mind, words are things. They have just, that's like, they have just as much substance as any other thing. Like, I'm here recording, and I just banged on my table a few times, and a word has just as much, you know, density or power or substance. It takes up just as much space as an actual thing, like a table or a desk or whatever it is. And... And to the Hebrew consciousness, a word was like an actual thing. It took up space and had the power to do things in our world. Which is why there's, it, it's not surprising when the, the Bible itself starts with a poem where this poet describes a God who creates the universe using words. Like a word actually creates something. Genesis one twenty seven and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. You know, words create new realities, and when this God speaks, the poet insists things happen. It was the word that gave birth to an entire universe. So I say all that each year, for I don't know how long. It's been a long time, I'm sure. Um. You know, my wife and I, actually, I'll I'll take that back of of a long time. I don't even know exactly how long we've been doing it. But each year, my wife and I will choose a word for the year. A lot of people do this, and it's a great practice. You know, you choose a word for the year, and the word is, you know, the word becomes something that you should return to, right? The word should be an invitation or a challenge, Or a summons, or a calling into more of who God says you are, or it's, you know, it describes how you're going to get there. You know, for I remember in, in, it's funny in 2020, my word for the year was fun, and then three months in 2020 was like, well, I don't know if fun's gonna be the one defining word for the year. Here's a pandemic. For one year, my wife's, I think it was 2021, maybe, my wife's word was present. And soon after that, we were swimming in this like beautiful kind of secret hidden beach here in Hawaii. And it was the most pristine, like beautiful, like postcard, like you cannot get a more beautiful day than this. And our, our stuff's like around the corner, we kind of swam to this little secret area with the kids. And then as we're all swimming there, Christine's like, I'm going to walk back over those rocks to the other beach to get my phone. And I'm like, babe, present, because that was her word for the year. And she's like, just don't, just chill, all right? Like, just relax. Where I was kind of teasing her about, you know, using her word to call her into what it is. But that's what it is. The word is something that calls us forward and calls it it, it calls us into well oftentimes the word represents a deep desire we have so what is your word for the year right here's a couple questions to even help you think about that further one what do you desire for this year see sometimes your word represents what you want where you want to go what you want to experience what you want to give so my word last year that word connection that word is something i desired it's where i wanted to go it's the thing i'm trying to experience or if someone says you know creativity i want to create more that what do you want i want to be able to create more so my word is create this year and another question is not just what do you desire Other times the question is not, what do you desire? Mean Think about it like a path, not where do you want to go. But your word might be, what do I need to live out in order to get where I want to go? What do I need to practice? What inner resources do I need to draw upon in order to move into the place I sense the Spirit inviting me? That is where the word courage comes in. That is where a word like risk comes comes in. That is where a word like vulnerability comes in. See, these aren't destinations we want to get to. These are the vehicles that are going to drive us to the destination. You may already know you want to create. That might not be the issue. But what you know is what you need is courage to be able to create, or you need to take risks Or if your word's connection, you need to actually embody a sense of vulnerability of opening yourself up. So sometimes your word is, this is what I desire. This is where I want to go. Other times it's, this is the vehicle or this is the path that I need to step into in order to get where I want to go. So for people who felt like 2021 was going to go one way, but ended up going a different way, that's all of us, by the way, for people who ended 2021 limping and wounded and with your life and your heart feeling a little heavy, where it feels like you took some serious hits and some shots. Maybe you got knocked down in 2021. Maybe you felt some unexpected pain, got hit with some disappointments, found out some tough news, found out more tough news. If that's you, first of all, you are not alone. Other people are there with you, and I'm there with you as well. And here's the thing. Remember, as followers of Jesus and as people of the Spirit, we are not just born again. We are born again and again and again and again and again. See, Paul in Romans 4.17 says this brilliant phrase. He writes, quote, calls into existence the things that do not yet exist. So when Paul with his great theological imagination thinks and speaks of God and of the power of the Spirit, he says God is that which calls into existence the things that do not yet exist. So no matter what has happened, we live in a universe that is created and sustained by a God that calls into existence the things that do not yet exist, a God who was able to create something out of your life this year that didn't even exist or you couldn't even imagine last year. God was able to create through you the next six months what you couldn't even see the last six months. So for this year, as we're letting, as we're letting down. The old lady, after we cross the river, as we're letting things go, as we think about and reflect on our word, would you know that the newness we desire, whatever form it is and whatever is required from you, is always possible when we live in a world that is created by a God who calls into existence the things that do not yet exist.